Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,168. Nothing comes easy, hard work, a strong work ethic, and, and you can achieve anything you want. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, David Chappell. Hey, David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm all strapped in. All right. David Chappell is an automotive artist who paints and creates sculptures and whose career has spanned over 30 years. He describes his painting style as a continual development and refinement that has no limits. He uses a vivid color palette and his goal is to present art with a defined continuity of original concepts that spur momentum and expression in his sculptures and canvas compositions. His art has been featured in numerous prominent magazines, and he has received many Concours and Fine Art Awards, and David is a member of the Automotive Fine Art Society. His art has been displayed at the Pebble Beach Concours in numerous galleries and commercial settings and in private collections, and I'm very happy to say that I've met David, I've seen his art up close and personal, and it is absolutely spectacular. We got to spend a little time together at Rensport Reunion 6 uh, about a month or so ago down there at Laguna Seca. So David, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share just a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for art and automobiles? Well, Mark, uh, thanks again for having me on your show. I appreciate it. And You're welcome. I have been an artist for over 30 years now, and it first started out as a passion as a young man restoring Volkswagens with my father, who was an avid Volkswagen collector and restorer. And that passion, along with my art, I knew I had a talent at a young age, and I would sit in front of the TV and draw sports figures and sports cars and anything that I could actually figure out uh, what I wanted to draw, I would do that. And so that passion was uh, ignited by my father when he first purchased my first car, which is a 1969 Volkswagen Beetle. The two of us restored it together. And uh, along that pathway, I started receiving scholarships and awards for my art as a teenager. And so, long story short, here I am 30 years later, pursuing my passion as an artist and, and enjoying the, the, the journey. And, and I, I say it's a journey because it is a journey. Being an artist is, is an interesting life and uh, has its severe highs, severe lows. But being in the car industry, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. I meet wonderful people, and that's what uh, one of the strong benefits of it is. Absolutely. You know, what I love about your artwork, David, is it's very different, very unique. And just when I think you're going down one path with the way you do things, you surprise (laughs) me and you do something else. And I'll remind our listeners on uh, David's show notes page on the Cars Yet website. I'm going to put a link to his website because you've got to go and check out what he does. Not only does he paint beautiful, wonderful illustrations and paintings of cars, but he's taken this to a whole nother level. He's got prints. He does 3D sculptures 
And you've got to just go look at these because for me to try to explain it to you would not do it justice. He's got tables, benches, even thrones. I mean, just there are some really, really cool creative things that David's created. So make sure you go to the Carshow website and check out his website. And as we continue on your journey, David, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is something that has been important to you that perhaps guides you in the way that you create things. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So David, take the wheel. Well, goodness. Um, a slogan. I guess I would say uh, nothing comes easy. Hard work, a strong work ethic, and and you can achieve anything you want. You know, it, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But mm-hmm. it's not always that simple. Now, you've chosen a very challenging career to make a living at because I know because my dad was an artist. He was an architect as his primary business, but he loved to do art. Uh, I've had probably over 300 artists on the show now, and I, sure. I know the challenges that come with that. So how have you incorporated that concept into becoming a person who can actually make a living doing what you love to do? Well, number one, you have to have passion to be an artist. You have to have vision. Uh, the vision part is very important because you want to create something. As my career, I like to see things differently. When I come out with a piece of artwork, each time that I come out with it, I want to outdo my last one. Hmm. So there are probably hundreds of paintings that I haven't created and have in the back of my mind that I want to create because it's not the right timing. Something just isn't isn't proportionately the way I want to see it. Mm-hmm. So as an artist, I'm very hard on myself. I want to come out with things that people look at, subjects that people look at that they're like, wow, how did you do that? So it's very challenging. Being an artist, it, it's it has its severe ups and downs, like I said earlier. It's uh, an interesting career to be in. One minute you can uh, be feasting, the next minute you're famine. So it's yeah. uh, <laughs> yes. you, have, you have to know how to take the, the good with the bad at times. But Absolutely, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the key thing I heard you say was work hard. And mm-hmm. again, that sounds simple. Oh, just go out and work hard. But that means it's like being a writer. You have to write every day, no matter what your mood, what you feel like. And it's the same with artists. And so many of the artists that have been on my show, the amount of work that they pump out is just, it blows me away because they're up early, they're painting, uh, they work all day, they work weekends, they work nights. I mean, they're always creating. And in your case, you're always coming up with something unique and different. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what I find about you so compelling is that your work is, I shouldn't say all over the place because it Mm -hmm. really isn't, but I look at many of the things you do and I think there's five different artists there. Right, right. When you find an avenue that you like to go down, I I say do it. Being unique is key, and and that's a good and a bad because when people haven't seen something that you've done and you go to an event, sure, you might have a great response, but when you are groundbreaking and coming out with new ideas that people haven't seen, it's like – It's hard to explain. They have to get used to it, number one. They have to see you again, number two. And it's, um, man, it's hard to say, Mark, what (laughs) what it's like with that. When when someone has seen something before that an artist has done, they're acclimated to it. When someone hasn't seen something like my sculptural work that you saw out uh, at Rensport, 
when people haven't seen something like that, it takes a moment to digest it because no one's done that before. Sure, there, there are sculpture art, sculptural artists out there that have done similar, but I actually paint on my sculptural form. And we can get into that later with, with how that's done. When you're doing a sculpture, the normal sculptor does just a form, but I have to think how I want to paint on that sculptural form and make it work. Right. So it's almost twice as hard hard at work with that. Yes. So yeah, I hope I well, answered your question. Well, I think you did in a sense. And I think when the listeners go and look at your artwork on your website, they'll see what we're talking about. Because you, you turn what is typically flat canvas, art, print, whatever that might be, into three-dimensional forms. Yeah, sometimes a little trompe they kind of play on the eye like, wait a minute, what what's going on here? And other times, oh, it really is. It's different layers, it's different surfaces. It moves flat, then it goes vertical, then it goes in and out and back and forth. So very, very unique things. And I like the fact that you're evolving and pushing yourself all the time. That's how we grow. Getting yes. uncomfortable with what yes. we're doing, I think, yes. is the way to put it. Well, you shared a little bit of this in the beginning. I always like to ask about where that original passion came from in your life uh, with cars. Having a dad who was into Volkswagens and restoring cars with him, what a delight that must have been. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy just like dad? Probably in, when I was in college. I was, I was painting autos in college. I received a uh, scholarship to go to my alma mater. I was in my studio in college when I was in my junior year, and the college approached me to and commissioned me to paint three five-by-seven-foot paintings for the student union. And that opened my eyes to a career in art that, wow, I could actually really do this. For a young man to be in college and get paid by the college that he goes to, it, it was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that gave me the added bump that I needed in my in myself and who I was to to take it to that next level and so I did. There's nothing quite like getting a paycheck for doing something that you would have done in essence for free because you love doing it. Sure. Uh it just it's a moment of of reality that goes, "Well, wait a minute here. You mean I can do what I enjoy the rest of my life and make a living at it?" Right. That's pretty darn cool. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's an amazing point. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge, a big failure you've faced along the way. Now, I know being an artist uh, as making a living at it is very challenging. And you talked about the extreme highs, the extreme lows. I get that, too. So let's take us to one of those low points. Kind of walk us through what was going on, what was happening. But more importantly... What did you learn from that situation so that you could grow out of it and move forward? You want me to go to a dark place. <laughs> yeah, dark. Yes, we're on the couch today, David. You're, the doctor is in. We need to talk about the past a little bit here to get to the future. Well, I have to say that the most successful artists in the world, I can guarantee you that they've, they've hit uh, dark spots, hard spots in their lives. No yeah. one's exempt from... from um, difficulties in life that's something that's guaranteed to us it's how you re respond to that that's where my my faith and and god comes comes along it's a, a journey with him and a journey with my my art they go hand in hand mm -hmm. i've been gifted a, a wonderful talent by god 
So I'm a very, I don't want to say religious, I'm a believer. And that has brought me through a lot of dark places in my life. And I've been there. I've told other artists, friends, and, you know, we all know each other in the business. And we all, we all have gone through hard times, uh, financial, whatever it is. And that can either make you or it can break you. And you can either take the bad and turn it into good and continue to evolve. I think that being in, in a dark spot in my life made me want to do even better. I'm very hard on myself, like I said earlier. Uh, I want to come out with work that, you know, stirs the interest of many people. And so those dark places have helped me to push myself to, to that next level. Well, let's open a door into one of those dark rooms just for a moment and just kind of explain what was going on in your life. I mean, was it a point where you were questioning your ability to make a living at this or did something happen to you or were you making a career change or a pivot in some way that went went bad? What, what exactly was going on? I think that uh, this being my only career that I've ever had, being a young man starting in my early 20s, late teens, you're you're kind of wide-eyed and you think, wow, everything's going to be just perfect. You're going to, you know, continue to go here. You're going to go there. You're going to do this and do that. And, and it doesn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. There are hard times that come about, you know, family, health. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm a healthy man going to be 50 years old next year. And, you know, I've, I've had some good things. But being in those dark places, I think that probably financially, we all go through financial difficulties at times. And mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on exactly one time that it was, but I know that it ends and that, that life picks up again. And, you know, it can be a dry spell for a while. It can of of no sales and that makes every artist think wow what am i doing you know oh yes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think every writer every, every form of art you're like my goodness should i just continue on or or stop but you have to persevere you have to to be strong you have to know that it, mark this isn't a career that a a thin-skinned person should do you know get out if 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 you're thin-skinned you you have yeah. to be able to take criticism you have to be able to know who you are and what you do. So you, you, you got to be stronger from those parts that come come by that are that are hard. Well, looking back, and I think financial challenges are the biggest key here because that happens in a lot of businesses. But mm-hmm. in this business in particular, it's almost like being an actor, like you mentioned, a writer. You're only as good as the last piece you did. Sure. And then you're waiting for that next piece. So what's maybe one little golden nugget you might offer someone out there that's striving to be a commercial artist or sell their work or even a writer, but what's one little piece of advice you might offer them to either help them get through that moment in time? Cause it's going to come. The economy might just completely crap, <laughs> go to, go to hell. And it's not your fault. It just happened and people aren't spending money on those kinds of things anymore. Uh, but you got to deal with it. So what's a little piece of wisdom you might offer somebody, offer somebody who's facing that kind of challenge? Well, the advice I can give is follow your heart. Um, Follow and know if you feel you are doing something that is right, something that is a career that you want to do, being different is is good with your artwork, finding your niche that you want to do, your style, 
and and stick with it. Don't don't ever give up. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's that's the key word. Up. Don't yep. don't give up. Don't give up. Well, let's shift gears and talk about a big aha moment in your career. Maybe it's a big pivot or a change or something that occurred because you've created and come out with new forms of your art over time. I mean, you've evolved here, which is really important as an artist. And if you look at famous artists like Vincent Van Gogh or Pablo Picasso, or these are guys, if you look back at some of their early work, you wouldn't even recognize that it was them because right. they evolved. Or even a Jackson Pollock. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mean he can draw a person, a house? I thought <laughs> right. he just splattered paint on a on a canvas. I didn't know he knew how to draw anything. Yeah, but he kind of he, di- he digressed. <laughs> yeah, he went a little bit off the rails, but, you know, that's yeah. what made his name. So there you go. So tell us about one of those big aha digressing moments in your art career. <laughs> um, I was strictly a painter for 20 years of my life. I started out as a watercolorist. Switched over to acrylic to get more vibrant colors, more pigments. Then in about 2007, I was given a park bench. Just a raw park bench with seeping pine wood, you know, your two by fours. Mm -hmm. And they came to me and I was paid to do a, I was commissioned to do a charity event. They said, do whatever you want with this park bench. I said, all right, all right, I'm up, I'm up for it. So I did a rear end of a 57 Chevy, a tail fin. Mm-hmm. And the where it says Bel Air of the 57 on the side, I did my name in that font. So that was my signature. Cool. Well, it sold really well. A light went on. I thought, goodness, you know, if that sold well to uh, for a benefit, why don't I try doing a couple for my clientele? So that's where it all started. The my 3D work all evolved from from a park benchmark. Wow! And uh, <laughs> here cool. I am now with you know slatted pieces of wood that flow on a wall, and that all came from a park bench. So wow. that that's my aha moment. <laughs> what a great story! I love it. I, having seen your art, I knew where we were going with that. As soon as you mentioned the park bench, I went ah. So this is where it all began. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I love it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, that first car in your life that had great meaning for you. I have a feeling maybe it might have something to do with your dad and Volkswagen, but maybe you might surprise me. (laughs) Yeah, it's a 69 Volkswagen Beetle. I actually still own the car. Wow. My father, he he planted those seeds. He, He knew what he liked. And it, it just opened my mind to the cars. I'd have to say my first, that's my first car, but my first love probably were Porsches back in the 70s and 80s with those, you know, 930 curves to the cars, Can-Am cars. I had slot cars when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I think I was actually talking with someone recently about that with the Can-Am cars, and that just uh, opened my mind to it. But yeah, the 69 Beetle, that's where it all started. (laughs) What fun. What fun. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Well, how about a car that you've owned and let go that you really wish you still had? Is there one of those seller's remorse, tears in the eye stories in your life? I had a 69 Westphalia bus that I first started selling my artwork out of. 
my grandfather and I would take trips to Canada and fish in it when I was a little boy. Um, I remember one time waking up in the far back over the engine. You could sleep over the engine and back. Yep. And I looked up and he was driving the bus in the passenger seat with an electric shaver in his hand, shaving his face, <laughs> looking back at me, and told me to come up. Come on up, boy. You're going to drive. I had to have been maybe 12 or 13, so I got <laughs> to drive that bus. My father and I recently sold that. I just had a lot of great memories in it. You know, Mark, I do have to say that each car that I paint or that I sculpt it's like I know that car after I'm done doing it because you're looking at it, studying it. So there really isn't a, a car that I really wish that I had let go because I live through my artwork with the cars. Yeah, absolutely. I understand. They become your kids. Well, what projects are you working on these days that has you or have you really excited and fired up? I know that some of the newer things you've been doing, I saw at Ren Sport, some very cool tables. And the best way I can describe these when I first saw them, and I first saw them when you did them online, were like pickup sticks, mm -hmm. if I'm describing mm -hmm. it right, which sure. is pretty cool. But then they have these cool references to automobiles. And you've got some really interesting tables. Like I mentioned at the beginning, you've got thrones, which are pretty darn cool. Um, yeah. So what, what has you excited and fired up about your artwork these days? Well, uh, today, actually, I'm working on commission work. I, uh, I just started drawing a bench for a client in Florida. After Rensport, I'm really playing catch-up. So for the next six months, five months, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of client work. I have a major event that I do down in Florida called Cavallino in oh, January. Yeah. Yep, the Cavallino Classic. Love mm -hmm. it. Which is a really wonderful event. If anyone ever wants to go to South Florida and Palm Beach in January, it's it's an awesome event. Yes. So I'm going to probably be coming out with a couple sculptures for that event. Everything that I do right now sculptural uh now it's you know and then it goes back to paintings it's you know after i do a sculpture i'm ready to do a a, a 2d painting you know yeah you know i've got a lot of ideas that i want to come out with don't want to share too much you know <laughs> well, but uh <laughs> there are things that we can we can look forward to uh, you know uh, john barnes and alicia barnes put on that event at cavallino i've been to it many times it's it's a all Ferrari event pri primarily. There is a show on Sunday after the big event on Saturday out at the Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump's place, where they have multiple marks and different kinds of things. But uh, yeah, that's a fantastic event. And there's some really, really great artists that I've met way back at that right. event. They have some wonderful artists, just like Pebble Beach mm -hmm. does with the AFAS. So fantastic. I love the uh, one of the recent pieces you did with the uh, 73 Carrera RS, the white car with the red wheels and trim. A beautiful piece, very unique perspective Thank you. on what you did there, which really is dynamic, I think, which is fantastic. But again, listeners, you can go to the website, uh, David's website, and check out his art. I encourage you to do that. Well, here's a very introspective question for you as an artist. This is an interesting one. If you were manifested into a car and you woke up tomorrow morning and you were parked in someone's garage, what kind of car would you be and why? Oh, goodness. Um, that's a tough question. You gotta, <laughs> I, I got to think just for a moment. I, I would love to be referred to – now, this isn't 
sexually speaking, but but a beautiful forty nine Ford Woody. You know, those those seem like they're uh, really oh, yeah. really hip, really cool, beach going. Oh yeah. But then I go back to the pontoon fenders of a fifty eight Testarossa. It, it, it's across the board. I I, yeah. I love the lines <laughs> of the Testarossa. So I I don't I don't know, Mark. That's a tough question. It is, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's a hard one for a lot of folks. But you know, I look at you, David. I mean, when you you just mentioned earlier, you're going to be fifty pretty soon. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Yep. I mean, you look like you're fourteen years old. <laughs> I don't know what, what I don't know what you're doing right, but you're doing something right. You're you are a young looking guy. So uh, thank you. I like the idea of the old Woody because I grew up in Southern California and the surf scene and the casualness of that. But it, it has a job to do, and it gets that job done. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll kind of go with that. I think I kind of like that one. Yeah, I like Woody. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. great. Well, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage. It's where your dream garage comes true. All right, David, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Be true to yourself at being an artist. Ah, okay. Sounds good. How about a personal habit of yours that you believe has contributed to your artistic success over the years? Yeah, um, I, I can answer it real quick now is uh, pedal to the metal. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just get down and get it done and get, get to work. Get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Get to work. Very nice. 
Now, how about a resource? There are incredible resources for all of us these days. Uh, is there one in particular you're really fond of? Could be a website, a supplier, an app, maybe even a person or, a, I don't know, maybe a family member. I'm still able to tap into my father. My wife and I moved back to our hometown where I grew up. She wanted to be close to family, so we're real close to my parents here to help them in their latter part of their years. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to go over and and see my dad and and hang out with him, and that's pretty special. Nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and you could sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? And maybe I'll expand the, the question a little bit, even in the artistic world. So maybe it's an artist that is long gone, but you would love to sit down and bend his or her ear. Sure. Um, Van Gogh was very, very strong in my early years with the colors. I, I was able to see his exhibit in uh, in the Netherlands in my 20s and just just seriously moved me as, as an artist. Seeing, you know, studying Van Gogh as, as a student in college, you would only see photographs or slides and then when I was in his museum in, in Amsterdam, it just it just blew me away, the colors palette that he used and colors next to each other. Just for someone back in the 1800s, I think it was the early 1800s, to be able to create like that was just mind-blowing. Yeah. Now, William Defoe, I think, is done or did or maybe is going to do a movie about Vincent Van Gogh. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, I'm not sure. I don't think that's out yet. Um, I saw something about that. Maybe it is, but uh, I think it was a, a kind of an experimental animated biography film uh, in some way. But maybe I'm mixing my films up. But Vincent Van Gogh is a special place in my heart. My dad took me to see an exhibit of his work when I was a, a kid growing up in San Diego. We went up to Los Angeles to a modern art museum and got to see his work. And I'll tell you a funny story, David. Years, many years later, I was in Paris on business and I, I stayed an extra few days to go to some of the many or just a few of the many art galleries there, of course. It's just spectacular. And I went to the Musée d'Orsay, and I was standing there, and they had all this work by Vincent Van Gogh. And it was a kind of an off day, middle of the week. There weren't many people there. And it was in the wintertime, too, so it was out of tourist season. And I walked up to this painting, and I remembered it's the same one that I saw in Los Angeles when I was a kid. I was probably no kidding. in junior high. And I stood there, and I said, nice to see you again, Vincent. Wow. And this lady next to me goes, excuse me? I didn't know she was standing there. (laughs) And I looked at her and I said, what? And she goes, did you say something? And I said, oh, I was just saying nice to meet you again, Vincent, to the painting. Mm -hmm. And before I could explain it, she just gave me this look like lunatic. Right. (laughs) And she walked away very quickly. I'm sure she thought I was completely wacko, but. um, That's Paris for you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But. yeah, I really uh, formed an appreciation. Plus, my dad at, at that exhibit bought me a book on Vincent Van Gogh, so it made an impression on me mm-hmm. of his artwork and the way he painted and so forth. But uh, very, very nice. I like it. Well, how about a book? I just mentioned a book, but is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? You know, I, I really don't read a lot of books. I, uh, I'm i so engrossed into my art and doing what I do that I don't I really don't uh, read many books that are car-oriented. We've got to get you connected with audiobooks. Audiobooks, there you go. (laughs) Then you can listen. And Well, I'll throw this out there because, and I have before, I think it's a a fantastic resource. You can go 
open up a um, an account with your local library, an online account, and you can get audiobooks for free from your library. My wife listens to probably two, three books a week. I mean, right maybe on. she doesn't want to listen to me. She's always got her earbuds in. But, <laughs> um, <comes> out. <laughs> but uh, I, I tell you, the, your, your library, your local library is an incredible resource of free audiobooks. So I'll just throw that out on David's behalf. And maybe, David, we can get you uh, listening since you're in the studio working all the time. Because there are some marvelous books. The last one I listened to was The Art of Racing in the Rain by Gar Stein, who's been on this show. The audiobook is fantastic, just absolutely spectacular. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these resources David has shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in David Chappell, C-H-A-P-P-L-E. I'll also put a link to his website there as well. All right, David, we're up to the checkered flag. This last question can be a little bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter what it costs because I'm buying it, but there's a couple rules to this game. One is, this is the only collector car you can have. Two, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of canvases and art and wood to create pieces with. You've got to keep it. And three, no garage queens. You've got to drive it and enjoy it. Mm, I like that. Yeah, what can I buy you today? I will take a 1970 Porsche 917K. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're going to make it expensive for me today, aren't you? <laughs> oh, my and gosh. And, and I'll be true to it. I'll take it to the racetracks. Well, that sounds cool. Well, having just come back from Rensport, you and I, we saw a few of those there, didn't we? We sure did. Yeah, and nothing like seeing them out on the track. Uh, Bruce Canapa. Who's been a guest on the show, had a couple there, a couple other people. The factory brought one. Um, Yeah, those are pretty darn special. I'm guessing you like the golf livery? Yeah, and what's not to like about them, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Uh, All right, well, I'll get to work. Let me see if I can get Bruce a call. I know he's got a couple for sale. (laughs) Knowing knowing Bruce, they are not cheap. So uh, (laughs) I'll get to work. David, you have taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive and artistic journey with the Cars yeah listeners. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that Porsche 917K? Like I said before, be true to yourself. Follow your own direction. Keep your eyes on that path down the road and, and stick to it. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along and learn more about you? People can connect with me on Facebook. They can sign up for my email blast on my website down at the bottom. Uh, I'm on Instagram. And that's about it. And, of course, the website, which is really easy, David Chappell, C-H-A-P-P-L-E dot com. Just go there and you can see all of his fabulous work. You're going to fall in love with what David's doing, I promise you. Well, again, you can find everything on David's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go there and type David into the search bar, or better yet, David Chapel. That'll pop right up. Hey, David, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars yeah listeners. Until you and I talk again or we meet at a racetrack, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars. But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. 
For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.